everything's taken care of now. <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this privilege and opportunity of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for thy precious word, and we pray, God, that you'd bless uh, thy word as we open it uh, and begin to study it, Lord, tonight. We pray, God, that you would give us utterance. Uh, God, we don't want to speak anything in and of ourselves. We don't want to discern of ourselves, but we want to discern through the Holy Spirit. And we pray, God, that you'd give us discernment uh, through thy Holy Spirit. We pray that you'd give us utterance, Lord, of speech. Uh, touch our hearts and our minds, God, that we'd be able to speak and say that which would be uh, from above. God, that would bring edification to your church. God, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your church, for your bride. We thank you, Lord, for uh, salvation, that in and through you we have everlasting and eternal life. We pray, Father, uh, God, if there be one here uh, that would might listen to uh, tonight or in days to follow, uh, that does not know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin. I, my heart's desire and prayer is that they come to find thee precious to their never-dying soul. They will live in eternity somewhere forever. And we pray, God, that their uh, rest and abode would be found in thee. God, thank you, Lord, for uh, your many wonderful blessings. We pray now once again, Lord, as we open thy word, God, that you would revelate it, speak to our hearts and our minds. Uh, those watching and listening, we pray, God, that you would bless them. Uh, just have thy perfect, sweet, on willing way. We pray, God, that you touch those that are sick. Uh, God, in this in this time, we know that we have many brothers and sisters, many friends uh, that are stricken, and we pray, God, that you would, uh, God, just intervene, Lord, and have thy perfect uh, and mighty way, God, in each and every life. We pray, Father, uh, this will be our last time uh, to go live on Wednesday night before uh, uh the majority of the kids go back to school. Some have already went. We pray God that you bless the teachers, the administrators, bless the children. Uh, God, keep them safe and from harm's way. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. Now go with us, watch over us, keep us, and care for us. We we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Romans uh, chapter number 14. Romans chapter number 14. And uh, somebody... Uh, I don't, not to my knowledge. Now, this is the first time I've ever operated in this uh, fashion. So, I just want to make sure that you can hear me. If you cannot hear me, if you can't see me or something like that, just uh, uh, just let me know. I think it'll pop over here in the comment box. But <clears throat> Romans chapter number 14. Like I said, we're going to try our best uh, to get through uh, the 14th chapter tonight. has a lot in it. We know that. We've been off for a couple weeks. I was in revival one week and under the weather last week, and uh, uh, we're just now getting back onto this. So, you pray for us. We'll certainly pray for you. Uh, but as we kind of concluded in Romans chapter number thirteen, yeah, Romans chapter number thirteen kind of addressed the civil authorities and how the Christian church uh, should discipline and posture themselves uh, to the civil authorities, and if that ever applies to anybody or any time, uh, it applies to us now uh, with all the stuff that's going on. But in chapter number 14, we kind of transition from uh, how we should regard uh, and respect our civil authorities and how we should regard and respect each other. And, uh, you know, when we get to the, uh, uh, the practical application uh, of everything that we've studied, you know, uh, Paul, he transitions after uh, Romans chapter number 11 into verse number 12 into personal responsibility, civil responsibility. Uh, and then he transitions back over once again uh, into uh, Christian commitment, which is where we're at tonight, uh, virtually in chapter number 14. 
But I think the best way to do this, I know it's 23 verses and I know that I'll do this often. It takes us several minutes to do so, but I believe it'd be uh, the right thing to do to read this in its entirety so we can understand the context and then we'll work our way through it uh, verse by verse. But chapter 14, verse number one, scripture reads, him that is weak in faith receive ye, uh, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not uh, judge him that eateth, for God receiveth him. Who art thou that judgest another, another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yet shall he be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth uh, not the day to the Lord, he uh, doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God and, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose, revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us uh, not therefore judge one another any more, but judge uh, this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus uh, that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if, uh, if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou uh, not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is uh, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that, uh, for he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat uh, destroy not the work of God; <clears throat> all things indeed are pure, but it is evil. For that man who eateth with offense, it is good uh, neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor any nor anything, whereby thy brother stumbleth, or, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not thyself in that, in that thing which thou alloweth. And he that uh, and he that doubteth is, is damned, if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is of sin and so we get back over here uh and we get back and like i said we're trying to lay the context of the scripture right here so we we come out of uh, chapter number 11 uh and we see where paul ties the knot uh and uh the harmless uh, or not the harmless but the seamless uh integration we have of the jew and the gentile we go from the grafting in of the wild olive branches which is the jew and gentile that's grafted into christ 
uh, and he tells us about the culmination of the church, how all the church, all, all of Israel uh, shall be saved, specifically pointing to verse number 26. Then we, like we said, we transitioned into chapter number 12. That talks about personal responsibility and our obedience to Christ. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And then we get into personal responsibility, and he gets into the practical application of the theology that Paul is delivering to us. Then we kind of transition into chapter number 13. Then we have the practical application to have how we should treat our civil authorities. Uh, and then we get uh, uh, into chapter number 14, and that's our Christian responsibility and how we should treat our brother. Uh, and when we get into this point right here, we see that, uh, you know, uh, that if we if, if we don't have a theology that is not pro uh, practical and cannot be applied, is not applicable, uh, then we need to adjust our theology. Uh, and friends, listen, a lot of people, uh, and I want to say this, uh, and we need to take our theology from the premise of the Word of God. If the Word of God doesn't say it, then we shouldn't believe it. Uh, there's a, a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of great teachers. Uh, I myself, I try my very best uh, uh, as long as God would give me utterance to try and rightly divide and discern his word uh, to be a help and an encouragement to uh, God's children. But uh, uh, first and foremost, you should read and study the word of God thyself. The Bible tells in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We should always attempt within our very best earnest attempt uh, to rightly divide God's gospel truth. Uh, I believe today that the, we, we want to take all these external circumstances and parameters and we want to impose them upon the text, but we should let the text speak for itself. Uh, we should take the text for what it says. Uh, and, and as Amos talks about, and I'll get into this in just a few minutes, but, but Amos addresses this when he talks about the plumb line from the Lord. And when he addresses the plumb line from the Lord, uh, what he is honing in on uh, is the fact that the Word of God is the standard and we are therefore the variable. Uh, we are not to take the Word of God and bend it and apply it to our lives, but we are rather, uh, uh, yet the Scripture has determined that we should take and conform our lives, our lives into the Word of God. And if we conform our lives into the Word of God, uh, that's what the Bible teaches us. And that's where uh, we get the name uh, a, a Christian or be a Christian follower because we have now conformed ourselves uh, into the perfect uh, image of, of the Imago Dei and the image of Christ uh, when we want to be the bearers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now we have personal responsibility. We have civil responsibility. And we, now we get into verse chapter number 14. We have brotherly or sisterly responsibility. So the Bible says, uh, him that is weak in faith receiveth ye, uh, him that is weak in faith receive ye, uh, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another uh, who is weak eateth herbs. And this may be uh, potentially strange to us, the, the verbiage and the vernacular that the scripture is talking about right now. But we gotta, we got to remember when they're talking, when Paul is addressing and writing the early Christian Jewish church especially, and of course I know that the overwhelming majority of the Roman church was Gentile, uh, but we have a vast majority of Jews, and this goes uh, to the intermingling of the Jews and the Gentiles. We have a long, we have 4,000, or uh, from Moses, we have approximately 2,000 years of history and scriptural significance uh, that the Jew was, uh, listen, they had very strict dietary uh, diets, and if you go back and you read Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you'll see the extent to, uh, to which that 
uh, was leveraged upon the Jew in this day and time. Uh, so uh, what Paul is trying to address right here uh, is he's, uh, he's trying to remove all the, 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 the dysfunction and division. And I preached on this Sunday morning. Uh, and this is where God has really uh, uh, planted my heart and my feet right now. And uh, friends, listen, we've got to press forward. We've got to make an earnest, uh, uh, godly attempt uh, to tear down the division that is among us in the church house. And if we would have, uh, that's why I wanted to reiterate chapters 12, 13, and 14. If we exercise personal responsibility, civil responsibility, and brotherly responsibility that God has commanded us within the confines of the Christian doctrine, and if we exercise those theologies and we actually put them to practical use, uh, then we ourselves will be better. Our church will be better. God will benefit us. We'll see uh, people saved for the grace and for the glory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says... Him that is weak in faith, receive ye. Uh, so friends, listen, this is the personal responsibility uh, aspect of this. And when we see the brotherly application, when we see one that is weak, when we see one that is beggarly, we see one that, uh, listen, that needs help, that needs encouragement, that needs uh, a touch from the Holy Spirit, we, uh, as the bigger brother, uh, as the elder of the church, we should step in and we should receive them faithfully and joyfully. And then we should then, uh, therefore, uh, and this is something that, I, that I've said and I've preached and I've taught uh, for a number of years. Friends, listen, I believe that we have done uh, the most fantastic and tremendous job at evangelizing. And, and listen, I, I believe in evangelism. I believe that we should... Uh, beg all those that are lost and undone, never receive Christ as their Savior. I believe that we should actively pursue them uh, to seek their salvation. I believe that that uh, in, in, in its entirety uh, is what the uh, the gospel calling the great commission that Christ gave us is. He said, go ye out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So that is the great commission of the Christian is to compel others that are lost uh, to come into the fold. Uh, but Francis, and when we got them into the fold, then the Bible tells us that it is our responsibility to make sure that they are discipled, that they are educated, if we all read our church covenants, we uh, when we joined the church and we affiliated and we acclimated ourselves with that church, we in turn, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, that we are to educate, religiously educate, which is also uh, in our church covenant. That we, we, we made that vow, we made that promise when we committed our dedication, our, our servitude and our membership uh, to that church. Uh, listen, we also dedicated ourselves to Christian education and to leadership and discipleship. Those are things that come hand in hand. Uh, and so when we go to put our theology and our doctrine and we go to, uh, that's what the Bible is talking about, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We talk about the process uh, and the stages of salvation and the tenses of salvation. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And it goes through the three tenses uh, that we have in regards to salvation. We have justification, we have been saved. We have sanctification, we are being saved. And then we have glorification, which is the future tense in which we will be saved uh, after we leave this body and we disconnect and the dust returns from the to the dust from which it came, that we are received back into our, uh, uh, into our glorified state uh, where we shall dwell with our heavenly father forever. But the Bible tells us, now listen, I always run a tangent right here. I've already been 17 minutes. Okay, so the Bible tells us right here, receive him that is weak, and be, uh, uh, but, uh, but not to doubtful disputations. 
For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. So this we get in, back into the dietary laws, which were leveraged on the Jewish membership, uh, and maybe not even the Jews, but uh, we see a young convert as he comes in, uh, and we see that there is a lot of influence and a lot of pressure uh, from the Judaizers in that, in that Jewish community, or even of the Gentile sect, uh, to do or not to do one specific or certain thing. That's why it's very important and that we exercise, that we rightly divide the word of God, that we do our best to religiously educate uh, and upbring our children. The Bible tells us that if we train a child up in the way in which it go, when it grows old, it shall not depart from it. Right, now, friends, that doesn't mean that it won't stray, but we know that there is a foundation that is being laid, and it's our responsibility as born-again believers to make sure that our brothers and sisters are religiously educated, that we disciple them, because these things will come to pass. So the Bible says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God God receiveth him. So the Bible tells us right here, uh, and I'm going to go back over to, to uh, Acts chapter number 10 here in just a minute, which is a very familiar verse where we deal with Peter and Cornelius. And we see how God, uh, through uh, the, the instrumentation and the vehicle of the Holy Spirit, how he moved upon Peter uh, and he uh, opened Peter's mind. He showed him a vision. And we're going to go read this in just a minute. But he showed him a vision about what was clean and what was unclean. And he broke down, that's what the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 2, when the scripture says that he has torn down the middle wall of partition between us and made us nigh by the blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that is the driving implication of that, uh, is that we should lend ourselves and we should practically put our, our doctrines and our theology to good use. So the Bible tells us that we are not to leverage and we're not to judge them. Now, Listen, I preached a message. Uh, uh, listen, it may have been even a year ago or, or further back than that. On Matthew chapter number seven, where the Bible tells us, the scripture says, uh, judge not lest you be judged. And a lot of people, they quote that verse, but they never go on to read the remainder of the chapter and set the context uh, of what Jesus was specifically identifying right there. He didn't tell us not to judge. He, did, he told us to judge rightly. Uh, and listen, the Bible tells us that we can't judge our brother uh, uh, if he has a moat in his eye, until we first remove the motives that is in our own eye before we can go and exercise good Christian discipleship and therefore we can enact the disciplines that should be imposed upon the church. So we get to this point right here. So the Bible says uh, in verse number four, who art thou that judged another man's servant? Uh, to his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, uh, yea uh, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth another day alike. Uh, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, now friends, listen. We must get down to this right here. Uh, we need to. Uh, you know, lots of times today when we are... Uh, when we find ourselves in doctrinal disputes or debates, a lot of times, uh, and I learned this uh, 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 from a very wise man, he said this, he said, we should never attack somebody, uh, listen, uh, we should never address a, a theological difference uh, by attacking a straw man or something that is easy to burn down. We should take their very best argument and we should go out and try and attack the very best argument because if our argument can't stand up against the best of theirs, uh, then it's invalid. Uh, friends, listen, we need to approach the, the throne. So the Bible tells us right here, we, uh, I'm trying to draw this all back together right here. And I know this is uh, addressing specifically about what they do eat and what they don't eat and who eats it and who does not. 
but it's uh, in context, it's addressing something bigger and greater. And what it's trying to address right here is that how we should treat our fellow brothers and sisters within the Christian community and household. Uh, friends, listen, the Bible tells us, Paul addresses this uh, uh, in Romans chapter number eight. He said, if they be for us, then they're not against us. And friends, today, listen, we need to reach that. Uh, we need to reach that uh, intellectually and begin to understand that, friends, listen, they may not do it like we do it. They may not sing like we sing. They may not say like we say, but it does not mean that they are against us. And friends, today, listen, we needed to come to the common ground for the purpose and the common cause to see lost men, women, boys and girls saved by the grace of God. And if we can't come to that uh, relationship and we can't come to that basic premise and understanding, now listen, this ain't how Chris feels. Uh, listen, I do feel this way, uh, but listen, I, I'm telling you what is uh, biblically constituted. That's how the Bible tells us that we should reserve ourselves and act uh, amongst ourselves. And that's what Paul was identifying. But thank God that we have, uh, listen, we have multifaceted churches. Uh, listen, we sing different songs. We preach different ways. We worship in different manners, but that's why God has given and afforded us the privilege of these different and various churches uh, so we can all uh, serve and worship as we see biblically fit. Uh, friends, listen, but the Bible, listen, we need to keep this overarching in our minds. If they're not against us, then they're for us. So the Bible says in verse number five, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So friends, listen, the Bible teaches and it's encouraging us yet once again that we should, uh, that we should uh, engage ourselves into scriptural study. So friends, listen, we'll never know uh, the better uh, or the worse if we never engage ourselves in the word of God. The Bible says, he that regardeth the day regardeth unto the Lord, and he that uh, regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God, and giveth God thanks. So friends, listen. We can either do it or we cannot. That's the basic premise of this right here. So listen, we're going to get into this in just a few minutes. Uh, but the Bible says, For none of us liveth to himself, uh, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And that is the overarching message of this that we never need to forget. And, and I believe, friends, listen to me, I, I, I'm going to get... Uh, 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 stern with you for uh, for just a second and say this. Uh, listen, when we get in our religious and Christian minds, I, and I thank God that I am saved. I thank God that my name is written, recorded in the Lamb's book of life, that I am an inheritor of eternal life, not because of what I did, because of what he did. Uh, for we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, but it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is what the scripture tells us, Ephesians uh, chapter number two, verse number eight and nine. Now the Bible tells us this also, friends, listen. We need to understand that through the work of Calvary is which we are saved. Friends, listen, I'm not saved by my own work, but I am saved by his work. That is the redemptive atoning sacrifice and the work that was done on Calvary. As he stood in our place, not only as our representative, but he stood as our substitute. He is our penal substitutionary sacrifice. He stood and he took and accumulated and suffered the pain, the wickedness, the abomination, and the debt that I owe 
owed. He assumed all those things upon himself. And listen, friends, he didn't stand as my representative. He stood as my substitute. Praise God. Uh, friends, listen, so I'm glad that, friends, listen, when we make our entrance and our way into the glorious presence of our great God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm glad that we have a substitute, not just a representative. And because we have a substitute, the Bible tells us that that's how we are saved, by grace through faith. It's because he has the authority, he has the power to extend and impute his righteousness into every believer that would receive him. The Bible tells us we need to uh, never forget and we never, uh, never need to deviate from the fact uh, and, the, and the premise and the understanding that those that don't go to heaven don't go because they are uh, unbelievers. It's not because God has uh, foreordained or predestined. And, and listen, those are biblical terms that we need to address. And I've already addressed them if you would follow uh, or if you have studied uh, and followed our Roman study. But friends, as we get through these things, we need to understand that God uh, has done a wonderful work within us. It is by his grace and by his mercy. I love verse number, uh, Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. The Bible tells us, not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, renewing, and regenerating of the Holy Ghost, which he has set on us, shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So friends, listen, I'm glad that we are righteous because he is righteous. We are righteous because he has imputed his righteousness. We are righteous because we have believed upon the only begotten Son of God, who was the substitute for our sin. Friends, thank God that he is our substitute. Thank Thank God that he is our Pascal lamb, uh, that he was the one that was crucified, executed, uh, condemned to death uh, for my sin, not for his wrongdoing, not for his sin, but for my sin. So the Bible tells us, uh, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Amen. We need to understand this. Saved and lost alike, we are the Lord's. The Bible tells us, know ye not that ye are bought with a price. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, you have been bought because redemption was not limited. Redemption was not definite. Redemption was not particular. Redemption was universal. And because redemption was universal and because that ransom payment was corporate and universal, you have been bought with a price. But friends, listen, until you apply what was done on Calvary by belief through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, then friends, you'll never be able to realize and actualize what was done and what the benefit of the cross of Calvary is to every man, woman, boy, and girl. We are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose, hallelujah, and revived that he might be Lord of the dead and the living. Friends, listen, we need to understand, and I'm going to keep reading this, or I'm never going to get through this. already been 30 minutes. <clears throat> uh, verse number 10, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now listen, I just want to rewind just briefly for just a minute before I get uh, too far into this because I'm afraid I've already went too far anyway. But listen, I told you I was going to go to Acts chapter number 10, uh, and I want to do that just briefly. Uh, so as we go back to Acts chapter number 10, we get to a place and a point right here. The Bible tells us that uh, Peter had uh, went up, and the scripture says that he had 
uh, that after they had eaten, that he went up to the housetop, and the Bible says that he went up there to pray. And as he ascended up there to pray, the Bible says that he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while he was uh, ready, he fell into a trance. Uh, Acts chapter number 10. This picks up at verse number 10. And, it's, and the scripture says, and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it, was, uh, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, uh, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, uh, that thou call, uh, <clears throat> that call <clears throat> not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Uh, now while Peter uh, doubted in himself what the vision had been seen, uh, should mean, behold, the men which were uh, uh, sent from Cornelius had made in inquiry uh, for Simon's house and stood before the gate. My apologies, my throat's dry tonight. <clears throat> and stood uh, before the gate, the Bible says, and called and asked uh, uh, whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, what lodged there. Now I'm going to skip down to this. Uh, and I'm going to get to uh, verse uh, number 29. The Bible says, Therefore, I came I unto you without gainsaying it as soon as I was sent for you. I asked therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. Uh, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. Thine alms uh, are had in remembrance of the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call uh, hither Simon, who sent her surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea, uh, by the seaside. Who, when he cometh, I shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent unto thee uh, uh, that thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. So we read that uh, as we get into this right here because we wanted to draw the conclusion as we see right here where Paul is addressing uh, in the beginning of this chapter. Uh, about what to eat, what not to eat. We see right here where God intervenes and he shows Peter, uh, which is a Jewish apostle that has been selected. He was one of the first 12 apostles. He's a Jewish apostle. He's Jewish by nature. He's Jewish by lineage. Uh, and because of that, uh, imposed upon him were all the dietary laws. That's why the response that Peter gave uh, was, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. But the Bible tells us that uh, that God uh, re-approached the subject and he, and he altered all things on him. And he said, what God hath cleansed, call thou not uncommon, or call thou not common nor unclean. So what what Jesus and what God was trying to uh, reveal in Peter's mind, and we see that Cornelius is the first time, this is the first time the gospel came into the Gentile. And we see where he received the Lord Jesus Christ and Peter, his eyes were open to the fact uh, of what we have studied through the book of Romans, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither barbian, uh, barbarian nor free, there's neither uh, Greek uh, nor barbarian, but we are all one in the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. We are one body, one mind, one, uh, the Bible tells us that we're one faith, one baptism, and one Lord. Uh, friends, we are all under the federal headship of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have a promise and a hope of tomorrow. So now, friends, listen, I, I just want to uh, say as we get back to this, and I'm going to read verse number 9 and 10 just one more time because there's a couple places I'm going to go here. It says, uh, for to this end, both uh, Christ died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Uh, now listen, he is Lord over all things. The Bible tells us right here, uh, I'm going to read this to you. In Philippians, uh, in, in, in the, uh, uh, I believe it's in the second chapter right here. Yeah, uh, Philippians chapter number two. 
Verse number five, a verse I quote uh, often. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, ought to be equal to God. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Now, this is speaking of Christ. Uh, so we see that we have the second person in the Trinity, the, the incarnate, the incarnate. The Bible tells us that he manifests himself, and he was known as Emmanuel, the perfect son of God. The Bible says, but he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. So this is when we see we have the incarnate, the Emmanuel that was born by the virgin laden Mary uh, in Bethlehem of Judea. And he came unto us uh, that we might have the, uh, the purpose and the plan of redemption. The Bible says, uh, and being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus, uh, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, uh, the, uh, to the glory of God the Father. Friends, listen, uh, I'm glad that we serve an exalted Savior. Uh, friends, listen, we don't serve a, a Savior that is dead. We don't serve a, a Savior that is non-existent or uh, does not respond or listen. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, uh, the scripture said that his ear is not heavy, that, is ca that he cannot hear, nor his arm shortened, that he cannot save. Friends, listen, we have a heavenly Father who loves us, who is encroached upon us. And his, and listen, not only, uh, listen, he, he, the, as the Bible says, he both died and rose and revived. Friends, listen, we don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a living Savior. And because he is living, he has all authority and preeminence. As we see as he came forth from the resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18, he said, Behold, I have all power in heaven and in earth. In the first chapter of the book of Revelation, we see over there with the scripture addresses as John the Revelator, as he's exiled to the Isle of Patmos, as he's, as he's standing over there. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to, not going to quote it all, but we see uh, where he said, and, and he said, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks in the midst of the candlesticks, one likened unto the Son of Man. Then he gives a long descriptor of what he saw. And listen, we get down to the end. The Bible tells us that he said, I, and he said, I, John, I fell at his feet, he's dead. And he said, I, he laid his right hand upon me and said, John, fear not, for I am he that was dead and am alive forevermore. Amen. And have possessed currently now the keys of hell and death. Francis. Listen, we serve a Savior who has conquered all things. And because he has conquered, because he has ransomed, because he has redeemed, we are ransomed, redeemed, and conquering in him because we are his children. So the Bible says, verse number 10. Now we, we kind of draw this thing uh, uh, to a culmination in verse number 10. And I'm going to try and speed up right here. My apologies. It says, but, uh, but why dost thou judge thy brother? That's a question. Or why dost thou set it naught, thy brother? Uh, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of, uh, of Christ. Uh, and friends, listen, we get into here into uh, another familiar passage in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And we quote this often. Uh, listen, in verse number 8, the Bible tells, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 8, the Bible says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor. That whether uh, present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things 
uh, done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest in God, and I trust also are manifest in your conscience. The scripture speaks to us. Jesus identifies this in the gospels and reiterates this on several different occasions. When the Bible talks about, uh, listen, he knows the numbers of our heads. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. In Hebrews chapter number four, the Bible tells us uh, that uh, the, the word of God, that it's uh, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine the sunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Friends, listen to me. We need to understand that we serve. And who is that word? What is that word? John 1 and 1 gives us the description of who and what that word is. And the word dwelled among us. And we are John chapter 1, verse number 14 or 16, I believe it is. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. So friends, listen, we need to understand that there's coming a day and a point in a time, friends, listen, and I'm glad. And friends, when we look in regard uh, specifically to the judgment seat of Christ, when we start to identify what the judgment seat of Christ is, uh, friends, listen, I'm glad that we, because we are inheritors, if you've been saved by the grace of God, uh, uh, if you've truly been saved, been born again, you're now indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and because you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, which is the third person of the Godhead, the breath of God, so if we have this indwelling, the Bible also tells us that he leads us in all truths, uh, all paths and ways of righteousness for his namesake. So we have this understanding. So friends, listen, I'm glad that for the redeemed, uh, ransom, born again child of God, that listen, that I'm glad that we continually stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit brings accusation against our sin immediately. Uh, friends, listen, that's what conviction is. That's what condemnation, friends, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number eight, verse number one, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not in the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of, in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For the law cannot do in this weak through the flesh, Christ sin in his own son, the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. So a ransom redeemed child of God no longer incurs condemnation. Rather yet we face conviction. We, we face conviction of our sins. And we face that conviction because we have the indwelling, the breath of God that resides and lives in, uh, among us. And because of that, our sin is ever present before us. And we can, that's why the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse number uh, uh, 9, I, I listen, that uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is way, there is hope, there is forgiveness. For the Bible tells us in, in, in verse number 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Friends, listen, uh, we need not uh, uh, think that we shall ever escape uh, anything in this life. Uh, friends, let, uh, whether it be carnal or whether it be uh, eternal, friends, listen to me, there's nothing ever going to slip. There's never uh, anything going to get by. And friends, listen to me, I've professed this to you and I believe this and I'll hold to this to the day that I die. Uh, friends, listen, if he didn't know every specific uh, uh, thing about us, every thought, every imagination, every wicked wooing of our heart. 
If he didn't know it all, he couldn't forgive it all. So I want Christ to know it all. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, because I am going uh, to yield myself one of these days at his feet, and I will confess that he is Lord of glory. That, um, friends, listen, the Bible tells us, for uh, as it's written, I, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So uh, then every one of us, uh, 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 every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Friends, listen to me. We need to understand. Uh, listen, in our personal responsibility, in our personal application, in our brotherly responsibility, in our brotherly application, we are responsible. We are responsible. We are responsible. We will give ourselves an account. It is not, uh, we, have, we have no more runway uh, to, blame, to blame it on the devil or to blame it on God. Friends, listen to me. We were free volitional creatures. We make these choices by ourselves. And because we make these choices and we act or we do not act, uh, because these are all imposed now upon us, we shall give an account of ourselves. Amen. Uh, we shall give an account of ourselves. Let me remind you uh, once again, and I've, I've quoted this uh, too many times, but I'm going to do it one more time. Romans chapter number, uh, chapter number one, verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Friends, listen to me. You don't have an excuse. Uh, you can't blame it on somebody else. You can't blame it on uh, family matters, financial matters, social uh, matters. You, you can't blame it on anything. I, the Bible has commanded, the Bible says that the days of ignorance have passed, and he commanded all men therefore everywhere uh, to repent, Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter number 17. So friends, listen, we get to this, and, and we see this resounding uh, in Scripture. Uh, in Hebrews 9.27, let me get flipped over there just briefly. Uh, uh, and this is an often quoted verse, I know. Uh, in Hebrews 9.27, the Bible says, And as is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, what? The judgment. Friends, listen to me. There's coming a day. There's coming a judgment day. Uh, friends, listen. And there has to come that day for each and every one of us. Friends, listen to me. Uh, for uh, righteousness cannot be executed. Heaven cannot be our home if we do not first go through the judgment. So, friends, listen. So then, the scripture says, so then, every one of us shall give an account to himself before God or to God. Acts uh, chapter 17, uh, verse, uh, as I've got it marked here, verse number uh, 31. Acts number, number 17, verse number 31. If I can get to the right place over here. 17, 31. Here we go right here. <clears throat> or in verse 29. The Bible says, For as much then as we are offspring of God, we ought uh, not to think that the Godhead is like in the gold or silver or stone, graven by order of man's choice. And this is Paul as he is dressing uh, on Mars Hill. But the Bible says in verse 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof uh, he hath given assurance uh, unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Friends, listen, uh, judgment is something that you cannot escape, that you cannot bypass. Uh, death is imminent, it is ever before. <clears throat> Friends, listen, it is one step, one breath, and one heartbeat away. Friends, listen, have you made preparations? Is uh, uh, or, or are all things in order? So the Bible tells us, so then every one of us shall give an account to himself of God. 
Let us therefore judge one another. Let us, uh, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Friends, listen. If thy meat offend thy brother, don't eat it, is what the Bible tells us. So, friends, listen to me. I, are, are we stepping stones or are we stumbling blocks? And I'm talking about individually. I'm talking about corporately. As the church, are we making strides to be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block for the cause of Christ and for the glorious gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we tearing people down or are we exalting them to our Heavenly Father? So the Bible tells us, uh, that, uh, but judge this rather, uh, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And so easily and often this is uh, the case. We see pe uh, people that are offended and hurt. Uh, listen, oftentimes it's unaware. I'm sure I've done it myself. Uh, uh, unknowingly uh, and absolutely not purposefully. Uh, but friends, listen to me. We need to be careful. Uh, of what we do, what we say, how we act, because there is a, uh, you know, the Bible tells us, uh, Scripture said, be holy, therefore, uh, or, or, therefore be holy for I am holy. Uh, uh, with the salvation that he has given unto us, when we receive by faith through grace, there also in turn with that uh, comes compliance. Uh, friends, listen, we are, uh, that's what the Bible was talking about. That's why I spent three weeks in Romans chapter number 12 when we talk about practical application and personal responsibility. Uh, friends, listen to me. Uh, when the Bible tells us uh, that we should uh, uh, therefore present ourselves, that we should be whole, uh, that we should uh, regard uh, things holy and acceptable before God, there is a responsibility uh, to us. And friends, listen to me. There are lives and souls at stake. Heaven and hell is real. It's not a figment of, of my imagination or of yours. Uh, friends, these are real, factual things that are scripturally true. Uh, friends, listen, and we need to be acting. There's a lot of people in the Christian community today. They are so lackadaisical about the fact that this is dealing with life and death and heaven and hell. There are, they are people at stake, friends. Listen to me. Uh, and we don't need to be pose and present and create stumbling blocks, we need to be elevating and pushing people to the cross. So the Bible tells us, let us therefore not judge uh, judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall on his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean to him it is unclean. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people, they have a lot of different ideologies. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people, they also have this. You know, essentially what this boils down to is Paul is, is telling us, we as redeemed children of God that are saved by the grace of God, that we should not take occasion in our liberty. But just because we are free does not give us the right, the power, or the authority to make a brother fall just because we are free just because we obtain and have and possess liberty. So the scripture tells us right here, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus. There is nothing unclean of itself. That's what we addressed in Acts chapter number 10. Uh, when the Bible tells us that uh, when God uh, spoke to Paul in a vision and he told him, he said, what I have cleansed, call thou not common nor unclean. 
So when God intervenes, friends, listen, when God intervenes, I didn't say the devil. I didn't say an imposter. I didn't say the false bride. I didn't say the harlot from Babylon. I said when God intervenes, friends, listen, there is nothing unclean. But to him that esteemeth anything unclean. So this is this is talking about, uh, and listen, this is why we should attempt within our very best uh, opportunities that we have to try and educate. That's why we have Bible study. Uh, friends, listen, that's why we study the Word of God. That's why I'm taking this time with you tonight. Not that I know everything, because there's more. Uh, the longer I've been doing this is the more I realize that I don't know. Uh, but friends, listen to me. I love studying the Word of God. I'm passionate about kingdom talk. I love to talk about the kingdom. I love to talk about God's grace and His mercy. And, and those are not appealing topics to majority of people. And surprisingly enough, there's a lot of people in the church that don't want to even talk. I don't even want to have kingdom talk. Uh, friends, listen. They they want to do other things. But friends, listen to me. My primary focus is on the Word of God. So the Bible tells us to him that esteemeth anything to be clean, it is unclean. Verse 15, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. All right? Now this is a hard one for a lot of people to swallow. Uh, and, and we don't exercise this. Uh, friends, they say, well, I'm free. Uh, because I'm free, I have liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it because I'm free. And friends, listen, the Bible tells us that we should take heed and notice of how we carry ourselves, how we act, how we speak, how we talk, how we do, how we do business, how we, how we interact with folks. Friends, listen to me. The Bible tells us, it says, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Listen, Jesus loves them too. And it's our personal responsibility. Uh, and it's our brotherly responsibility uh, to make sure that they don't stumble because we are taking occasion in our liberty. So it says, let not then your good be evil spoken of. Friends today, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. There are wonderful people that I know within the household of faith. Uh, friends, listen to me. Uh, and they act and do. And, and listen, I, I'm sure that I've done this. Without question, I've done this. Uh, friends, listen, that we do or we say, we act or we respond a different way. Uh, friends, listen, and, and, it's and it's detrimental to the kingdom of Christ. But friends, listen to me. Uh, and like I said, and I preach this on Sunday morning, we need to get back to the worth and the understanding of prayer. We need to approach the throne of grace where we find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. We need to cry out to our Heavenly Father. We need to, we need to understand and realize that it is our personal responsibility to live and not only be Christians. You know, we treat the rest of the world and we treat Christ like He owes us something for saving us. But that's not what the Scripture teaches. Amen? Uh, listen, when, when the Bible tells us we are saved from hell, from the wrath of God that is to come. Friends, there is a personal responsibility that we should want to serve out of pure purpose and love for what we have been delivered from uh, that we should take personal responsibility and we should love our brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let not your good be evil spoken of. Please, and, and I, I say that as a reminder myself, let not your good be evil spoken of. Friends, listen. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So in verse number 17, he kind of brings this whole thought. He, he brings, uh, this is the final uh, fruition, and this is the culmination where he brings everything together right here. 
He said, now, listen, I have addressed the matter of what you eat, what you don't eat, uh, taking occasion in your liberty and in your freedom. But ultimately, he brings everything together in verse number 17, and he tells us this. He said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Friends, listen, we need to understand this. Listen, there's so many people, we get, we get so caught up over the... Mm, the littlest, most minuscule things in our lives, and we divide churches, we divide friendships, and we leave it all behind over something that is petty. But the scripture tells us right here, he said, now listen, I've told you all this to bring you to this one thought, because in the kingdom of God, or what the kingdom of God is, it's not about meat and drink, but it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is our favor. That is what we have in store for us. But the Bible tells us that we should we've got to focus and drill these things and we've got to make these habit. We've got to study the Word of God. We've got to pray over the Word of God. We've got to seek God's face. We've got to uh, listen, we've got to want to better ourselves. Friends, listen to me. I promise you, you will never change uh, if you go into something and you say, God, I'm here and I dare you to change uh, to change me from what I was. Uh, friends, listen, and I've said this on numerous different occasions. The saddest thing that I've ever seen uh, in the New Testament gospel church, especially when I have been pastoring, the saddest thing that I've ever seen in my life is somebody coming to the house of God that is broken, lonely, hurt, or sick, or lost, and they leave the exact same way they came in. Friends, says me, there is absolutely no reason that you should leave in that condition in the household of faith. Friends, listen to me, we should be there as an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, friends, the Bible, tell, Paul tells us this in, in, in Ephesians chapter number six, where he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We've got too many people in the church have got their sword in the wrong fight. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, it's joy, and the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. I'm going to try and finish this up just, just briefly right here. I, I've reined it back in. It says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things uh, wherewith uh, one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things endure, indeed are pure. But it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. You see what he's talking about right here? He's talking about the people that do it out of spite. And they do it to tear down, not to build up. And if you don't know anybody like that, I can introduce you to them. I do. It is uh, good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Friends, listen to me. Uh, you know, when we get into texts like this, uh, and we start to address the practical application personally. We start to address what this means for us in our in our lives. That's why people don't like to study the Word of God because they're going to have. Listen, it, it prompts it prompts conviction. The Word of God prompts conviction. It's a sharp two-edged sword, and, and the prompting of conviction uh, conviction also leads, therefore, to repentance. And repentance is to turn and to change and, and to go away from what we used to do. And be a changed creature. But we, we're warring and fighting today. 
within the confines of this world. And we don't, we don't want to put these things away. We want to keep them. We want to possess them. We don't want to put them away for the cause of Christ. Verse 22, Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. If you have an alt, if you have a problem, friends, listen to me. Uh, we need to understand. <clears throat> That's what I was getting to just a minute ago. When the, when the scripture says if they're not uh, if they're not against us, then they're for us. But you see, we've we've set such harsh dividing lines, uh, and and I said this today. Uh, <clears throat> it uh, the nation has gone crazy. It doesn't matter what's right. Uh, if if the left said even if what the left said is right and should be done or even if the right what they said is right and should be done because there is such a vast divide the truth has been lost and friends listen I uh, listen I am uh, I'm sounding the trumpet to the church of our Savior and the redeemed of God we need to we need to uh, uh, reassess where we are, where we're serving, how we're serving, what we're doing personally, how we're doing uh, corporately. What is the course of our church? What is the purpose of our church? What is the vision of our church? If the course, the purpose, and the vision of the church is to come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and some nights in between, when we have revival and listen to the man of God preach and teach us, but we have no kingdom authority in our lives and we're not striving to reach a lost and a dying world, then we have no purpose. We have no drive and we have no vision. Friends, listen, this is where we have to recenter, reacclimate ourselves to the understanding that there is, we're going to have to invest. If we want to return, you have to invest. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which is allow, which he alloweth. Uh, and he that doubteth is, is damned if he eat, because he eateth not in faith. For whatsoever is not in faith is sin. Friends, listen to me. And you know how we, how we uh, gain faith? Uh, how we exercise our faith and we build our faith? We study the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We pray. We act on faith. And we watch God respond and move uh, in our lives. And listen, it's no longer about what God can do. It's, it, 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 then we then revert to the, we know what God has done in our life. And because we know what God has done, we have faith in what he will do. God bless you tonight. <clears throat> 59 minutes and 44 seconds. We got done. Amen. I kept you less than an hour. I love the word of God. I love you. We appreciate you coming and joining us and being with us. We're thankful for the, for the Timber Ridge family. We love you with all of our heart. Uh, all those others that have joined us, God bless you. Thank you for joining and watching. Uh, we would remind you that this upcoming Sunday, uh, we, will be, uh, we will be outside again on the porch, 9 o'clock in the morning. Had a wonderful service at our drive-in service last week. We would encourage you to come and be with us. You can stay in your car. You can bring a lawn chair. You can bring a tent. I don't care what you do. I just want to go to meeting. I want to serve our Lord faithfully, and I want to enjoy the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. God bless you. I hope that God blesses you with a wonderful week, and good Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning.